entitled the talk, Dumping Debt. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 7. Proverbs 22, verse number 7. The scripture says this out of the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Or that would be slave. Some translations render that slave to the lender. So when you and I are in debt, we become a literal, we become a slave, a slave to MasterCard, a slave to Visa, a slave to Bob Howard, the car payment, a slave to Dillard's, the mall car. We become a a slave to these things. And and being a slave to, to debt is really a normal thing in our society. Debt is a serious problem but yet it can just be overlooked because being a slave is just part of the American way. Did you realize that the average person has seven credit cards and the average household has ten credit cards? The average cardholder carries $8,367 balance from month to month. The average interest rate on a credit card is 18.3%, which is a total of $929.70 a year in interest payments. That's $1,000 a year that many people are giving away to one credit card in interest a year. How many of you today, if I gave you $1,000, you would know what to do with it? Amen. You're giving away, many people, $1,000 a a year. The, the U.S. consumer debt stands at roughly $2.5 trillion. Now, this doesn't include the government debt, businesses that are in debt. This is just plain old American folks in debt. Almost half the households in America report having difficulty paying their minimum monthly payments. Over 40% of U.S. families routinely spend more each year than they earn. You say, how, how do people do that? Well, the rest is financed by debt. The average American family is always only three weeks away from bankruptcy. Eighty-five, eighty-five out of a hundred Americans have less than $250 in cash saved up by the age of 65. That is a, a real issue in our society. And some of you can relate to these statistics because you, you are up to, 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 up to your eyeballs in debt. I mean, you, you're just overwhelmed with this thing called debt and money problems. And one of the principles that we've been driving home throughout this series is when you have money problems, when you have crazy amounts of debt, it affects every area of your life. Some of you, your marriage is suffering because of money problems. Some of you, it's your health your, your mind, your, your worrying, you have no peace. It, it affects your spirituality, your relationship with God. You, your whole life is affected when you have money problems. And Tiffany and I, we can relate to this. How many of you would agree with me on this? I have made some stupid decisions when it comes to finances. Anybody else? Come on, come on. Yeah, right, all right. Some of you are lying. That's okay. That's okay. I have made some stupid financial decisions. I met Tiffany. We'll be married 12 years uh, in December. And when we, when we got married, when we entered that marriage union, we already had debt. I had thousands of dollars of, of student loans uh, from college. We had a Buick Riviera 
that we owed thousands of dollars on, a, a car payment that we had debt on when we first got married. My wife ended up, she was still in college when we got married. She ended up with thousands of dollars worth of school debt that, that we had. My, uh, and not only this, you know, when we got married, uh, I, 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 we were talking about this yesterday, and I'm pretty sure on our credit card, we paid for that cruise to the Bahamas on that credit card. Amen. And so we went on a cruise for our, 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 our honeymoon, and then we got back to our apartment in, in Missouri, and I had this wife of mine, this fine wife, this hottie, my friend, the woman I said, I'm going to provide and love and take care of you and cherish. And that woman that I was going to provide and cherish, she didn't have any furniture to sit on in the living room. And so I said, well, let's go furniture shopping then. Didn't have any money, but took my wife furniture shopping. We went to Hank's Fine Furniture. And we went to Hank's Fine Furniture. And my wife bought some furniture, and I put it on the credit card because I had to provide for that wife that God had blessed me with. And we were in debt. We had made some stupid financial decisions. And on top of the debt that we already had, we had to get a computer because, you know, we got to have a computer in the house. And so we went to buy a computer, didn't have any money. So we went to Best Buy and we bought a computer and we bought one of those computers with no interest for a year. That's still called debt. Amen. We couldn't pay for it. Amen. So it was debt. And then I, we had a washer and dryer in our new, we newlyweds. I bought my wife this nice used, I think I might have gave $75 for it, a whole set, praise the Lord, washer and a dryer set. Well, that thing broke down. And we had to go wash the clothes. And so I decided we'd go to Best Buy. And we went and we bought us a washer and a dryer. Not, we bought one year's no interest payment, more debt, praise the Lord. And we woke up real early. I mean, in the first few months of our marriage, we, things got to change. We got to do things differently. We are in over our heads, credit card debt, student loan debt, car debt. We've got Best Buy got debt. We got to do something. And the thing that I love about God, the thing that I love about God's Word is not only is it a love letter to us that tells us how to be forgiven of our sins, how to have a relationship with God, how to have abundant life, how to spend eternity in God's presence, but God's Word is very practical. God's Word gives us principles on how to live everyday life. That's one of the reasons I love to read God's Word every day. It just gives us principles on how to live everyday life. And Tiffany and I decided in those first few months of marriage that things have to change and we have to start applying God's principles to our life and to our finances. And I want to share with you some of, some of what we did to climb out of debt. Point number one, if you're following along with me in your notes, you can fill in the blank. Point number one is this. Here's what Tiffany and I, uh, Tiffany and I did. The first thing was commit to being debt-free today. Everybody shout today. Commit to being debt-free today. Tiffany and I became debt-free except for our home because we got committed and serious about getting out of debt. It took us two and a half years to get out of debt. And I, I, I want to give you two secrets, two secret things that Tiffany and I did. Secrets. We might not even put this message on the Internet. It's a secret. Secret. How many of you know grandma, great-grandma, they got a recipe in, in your family line? And nobody can know it. You know what I'm saying? It's a secret. It's a, this is a, I love you so much. I'm going to share with you 
one of the Cooper secrets. Okay, write this down. Write this down. Right, right next to it, write secret. I want you, it's a secret. Don't tell nobody. It's a secret. Here's the secret that Tiffany and I did, the first secret. We lived well beneath our income. Yeah. In America, you don't hear about that, do you? Some of you never heard that before. We lived well beneath our income. In other words, we decided we were going to radically spend less than we earned. And you say, well, Herbert, you and Tiffany must have made a lot of money to get out of debt that quick, two and a half years. No, we didn't make very much money at all. Matter of fact, my wife, she worked at Kohl's part-time, babysat part-time because she was a full-time student. I was starting a brand-new traveling ministry. And like any business, like any new startup company, like any new startup ministry, things don't go very well at first. Not very profitable. But we decided with the little that we made, we were going to spend less than we earned. Now, you're saying, Herbert, there's got to be a deeper secret. I mean, surely one of your relatives died and left you a lump sum of money for you to get out of debt. Oh, no. Some of my relatives, when they die, they don't, we don't get no money. They ask us for money. Amen. Praise. Huh? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Huh? Did nobody leave me no money? Huh? I ain't got no lump sum of nothing. Amen. So there's no, there's no hidden story. There's no secret. No, 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 no. We decided to live well beneath our income. Please hear me today. Let me say this to you. Getting out of debt isn't about how much money you make. Whether you're making $20,000 a year or $200,000 a year, if you spend it all and then some, here's what you both have in common. You're broke. It doesn't matter if you make 20000 or 200000 If you spend it all and then some, you're broke. Now, one of you may have more sophisticated toys that you ain't paid for, but you're, you're, you're broke. And one of the major keys to getting out of debt is you have to live well beneath your income. There's a second secret, second secret that let me share with you that Tiffany and I begin to do. The second secret is this. We sacrificed. We sacrificed for two and a half years. We took no vacations. For two and a half years, we spent as little as possible on food. Literally, as little as possible on food. The refrigerator usually had almost nothing in it. We had enough to get by and to eat. Little as possible on food is what Tiffany and I decided to do. We didn't even, never went to the $8 movies. My wife and I, we went to the dollar movie. When we wanted to go get some entertainment, we spent $2. Amen. If the Lord had really been good, we might have got a little popcorn. Amen. Maybe. Praise the Lord. I don't even know if I could have told you where the $8 movie theater was because we didn't go. We were going to spend as little as possible. We were going to sacrifice. Matter of fact, only thing we knew about a new release is when it came out to the dollar movie. Amen. It was a new, it was a new release to us. Huh? We ain't new, it was a new release to us because that's when we went. We went to the dollar. We almost spent nothing on clothes. Literally, I was a traveling speaker, traveling in churches across America, around the world, preaching in churches. And, and you know what? Almost every suit, my wife and I were talking about this last night, every suit that I had was given to me. I had made up my mind if I got to wear the same suit, switch out a shirt and a tie, that's what I was going to do. Because I preached a lot of Sunday through Wednesdays at the same church, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Listen, but God provided and people were buying me suits, not because I was begging, but listen, that God, God just supplied our needs. And we were going to, we spent literally almost nothing on clothes for two and a half years. My wife, true story, talk, talk to Tim sometime. When she had a, got, got a job at Kohl's and Kohl's required her to wear black 
jeans to work, black pair of pants. Well, she didn't have a black pair of pants. And so Tiffany decided she had to go look for a black pair of pants. She was looking, and the only thing that she could find was a pair of black pants for $19. And we were so tight, and we were so frugal. My wife came home, and she told me she couldn't buy a $19 pair of pants so she could go to work. And I had to free her up. Baby, it's okay. You got to have them. Go go ahead. She wanted to find a pair of black pants for $10 because we didn't spend money on clothes. And she had to end up spending $19 on a player. I had to get her free. Sister, it's okay. You got to have them to go to work. Go buy those jeans. Because we sacrificed. We, we sacrificed together that we were committed to getting out of debt. The proverb says in Proverbs 16 and verse number three, commit to the Lord. Everybody say to the Lord. Come on, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Come today, not, not tomorrow, not next week. Today, you need to commit to the Lord. Lord, we're going to get out of debt because Tiffany and I, we made that decision. We're no longer going to be a slave to the bank for a car paper. We're no longer going to be a slave to Visa and MasterCard. We're no longer going to be a slave to Best Buy. Matter of fact, we know our heart is not in the right place because debt, when you spend more than you make, it's always a heart issue. And we knew that the Bible says that we can't serve both God and money. We knew that the Bible says that we shouldn't store all of our treasure here on earth, but we should be storing treasure up in heaven. And we couldn't do that because we were living this consumer lifestyle. We knew that the Bible says that where our treasure is, there our heart is also. And we said we're going to be committed to God's principles from this day forward. Today, you got to get committed to getting out of debt. Number two is this. Number two. Number two. The, the, the second principle to dumping debt is list all I have and all I owe. List all I have and all I owe. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 23 through 24, riches can disappear fast. Everybody shout amen. Come on, it can disappear fast. And the king's crown doesn't stay in his house, in his family forever. So watch your business interest closely. Say, Herbert, I don't have a business. Yes, you do. It's called you incorporated. You're running a business, your personal finances. Watch your business interests closely. Listen to what Scripture says. Know the state of your flocks and your herds. Nowadays, most of us, we don't make a living from our flocks and from our herds. It's simply saying you have to know the state of your income. You have to know what you owe and what you have. And can I tell you, there are many people who don't know what they earn and bring home in a month. They, they don't know. And there are many, many, many more people who have no clue of all that they owe. And some of you are thinking, Herbert, I don't really want to know all I owe. Some of you are thinking, I'm scared to know all I owe. I encourage you right now, just kind of an exercise, just jot down. Nobody has to see, just jot down what you think you owe in debt. Just jot it down. And then you have an exercise when you get home today. I want you to list all you have and all you owe. And some of you will be surprised at how much you actually owe because all you're doing is paying monthly payments and you're not really looking and, to and putting the total together of what you really owe. And the only way that you can start finding out how much you owe is you have to sit down and you have to list it. You have to evaluate where you are financially. Here's your exercise today. When you get home today, list all you have 
and all you, you owe. You have to know the state, the condition of your flocks. You have to know where you are financially if you're going to get out of debt. Number three is this. There's a, a, third, a third principle of dumping debt. Number three is this. Have a written plan of action. A written plan of action. Proverbs 21 and verse number five says, good planning and hard work. I like the Bible because the Bible does not pull any punches. This is not a fairy tale. If you want to get out of debt, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. There's no shortcuts. Some of you, you say, my plan to get out of debt is I'm playing the lottery. That won't work. That's not a plan. Hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. To get out of debt, you have to have a plan. Listen, you're never going to get out of debt accidentally. And there are some people who have been waiting to get out of debt for years. You hear them say things like this. One of these days, I'm going to get out of debt. One of these days, I'm going to be debt free. I mean, not sure exactly how, but shazam, I'm debt free. It it just worked out. You don't get out of debt accidentally. My oldest son, Kel, he turned six in December and he's at that age now that he's losing some of his teeth. And he, he lost his first two front teeth, the bottom ones right here. He lost those two. And it's so cute. We don't make fun of him. But, but he talks sometimes with a little lisp because he don't have those two front teeth. Dad, I want to go to the store. The, the, the store. Oh. It's, it's real cute, you know, because it's your kid. You know what I'm saying? And, so, and, and, and Kel, he's heard about this whole tooth fairy thing. And we just shoot our kids straight. And Tiffany sat down with Kel and said, hey, you know, there's, there's not a tooth fairy. There's not a Santa Claus. But we, we like to pretend. And so people pretend like there's a tooth fairy and there's a, a Santa Claus. And Kel's cool with that. Okay, I get it. There's not one. But we can pretend. And so Kel went to sleep. And that night, Mama come up. And Mama put a couple dollars underneath his pillow. And Kel woke up the next morning. He came downstairs, and he was having a party because that boy had $2. And Kel didn't care if the tooth fairy was real. Pretending's good with me. Amen? Let's pretend. Ha! This is good with me. Tooth fairy came by last night. And some of you are worse than Kel. Because Kel understands that there's not a tooth fairy. And some of you think there's a debt fairy. And I'm telling you, there is no debt fairy. The debt fairy's not going to show up. Shazam! Your master card is paid off. Shazam! You don't have any carpet. The debt fairy came by last night. It don't work like that. I know you believe in Santa Claus. I hate to bust you up today. There ain't no Santa Claus. There's no tooth fairy. And there's no debt fairy. Look at your neighbor right now and say, I hate to break it to you. There's no debt fairy. Just tell them, there's no debt fairy. No, no, no. You're going to get out of debt. It takes good planning. You have to have a written plan of action. It will take hard work. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. As Dave Ramsey says, get a plan on paper, on purpose. On paper, on purpose. I want to show you Dave Ramsey is a financial wizard. He is teaching classes. He has a radio show, television program, if you don't know who he is. And he has a a class that thousands and thousands of people are going through, and he's helping people get debt-free. And I want you to hear what Dave Ramsey has to say about getting out of debt and having a plan. Check out this video. Winning at money 
personal finance, wealth building, is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. If you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. If you really want a different result, you've got to get knowledge, yes. But more importantly, you have to change your behavior permanently. When my wife Sharon and I did that, it revolutionized our lives. Personal finance isn't rocket science. It's just common sense. It's how your grandparents lived. If you don't have the money, you can't buy it. Hey, there's a neat idea. And, you know, you can learn how to handle money. You can change your behaviors. You can do it. Where do you start, though? Well, here's some practical ideas that our team members teach all across the nation every day. First, stop the bleeding. You can't get out of a hole while you're digging out the bottom. Cut up your credit cards. That's right. Plastic surgery, a plastectomy. You learn the difference between wants and needs. And for now, you only buy what you really need. And even if you're going to buy a want, you only do it with cash. And start using cash more. We suggest you use a thing called the envelope system, where you put cash in some envelopes for some of your spending categories, and you write on them what the money's for. On your food envelope, you write food. And then you can only buy food out of the food envelope. And you can't buy clothes out of the food envelope. And you can't buy food out of the clothes envelope. No cheating. And when that envelope's empty, I don't care if the shirt's on sale. Shut up. You can't buy it. That's how it works. Then get on a budget. We recommend a zero-based budget. Spend your whole paycheck on paper before the month begins. Give every dollar a name. Every dollar has a predestination. you got to love it. Hey, if you don't have a job, get one. We recommend a program we call the Baby Steps, because you can walk all the way around the world if you do it one step at a time, step by step by step. And cleaning up and winning with money is the same way. We have seven Baby Steps we want to walk you through. Baby Step 1. Start a beginner baby emergency fund of $1,000. Really quickly, I want you to get a $1,000 rainy day fund just to keep the little emergencies from becoming new debt. Number two, set up a plan to get out of debt. We use a thing we call the debt snowball, where you list your debts smallest to largest, pay minimum payments on everything but the little one, and attack the little one with a vengeance. When that one's gone, you take the payments you used to pay there, and you attack the next one down. When that one's gone, you take the payments from one and two, and you attack number three. And you work all of your debts off except your house using the debt snowball. And you do that with real focused intensity, this, ah, I've had it, I'm getting out of debt. Then once you finish baby step two and you're out of debt, everything but the house, you go back to that $1,000 account in baby step three and raise it up to three to six months of expenses. Once you've done that, then you move on to baby step four, which is 15% of your income into retirement. Five is saving for your kids' college, if that applies to your situation. Six is pay off the house early. You know, we're teaching people this all over America. They're paying off their homes in seven, eight, nine years. How cool is that? And without a house payment, you move on to the last baby step. Baby step seven is become very wealthy and give a bunch of it away. When it comes to money, ignorance isn't bliss. You need to get in a class. Find one that offers both information and accountability. We want to help you. I know just now you've got so much information thrown at you. Some of you, your mind is spinning on you. How am I going to do all that? We want to help you. In the back of your seat pockets, there is this take the next step. And I want you to get involved in one of these classes. December the, the 9th and 16th is a box I want you to check. Uh, if you want to get in this class, it's a, a, a Greenpeace workshop, a guide to budgeting and reducing debt. We're going to give you two weeks. Uh, Josh Brown, our executive director, the operations director, the guy who built this building, very savvy and wise with finances. He's going to be teaching a two-week class here at the building, child care provided, a next step to go more in depth with, Dave, with, with, with what Dave Ramsey said. Also, the next box, it's about taking the next step, is getting committed to f the Financial Peace University. This is Dave's class that he teaches, and we're going to be offering that class 
here at the facility beginning January the 20th through April the 28th. And Dave, those seven steps, he talks about them in depth. You'll get a workbook. It's, it's an incredible class that many, many, I told you thousands and thousands of people have been through this and have become debt-free by using these principles, which are biblical principles. And the cost for that class is $99. We don't make a dime from that. That is Dave Ramsey's cost. It does include your entire family. And I think that's not your cousins and uncles and everybody, amen, but your husband and wife, praise the Lord. It includes your husband and wife. And then a deposit on that is due to next Sunday, uh, $25 deposit, because we want to get those materials ordered for you and so that you can get started January 20th on this plan. So I encourage you to get this card, fill it out, make a commitment, commit today to become debt-free, and go to the Welcome Center in the lobby here, in the lobby there, and turn this card in. We're going to be praying with you and get you plugged in to getting out of debt and getting green peace in your life. Number four is this. Number four, the fourth step to dumping debt is get the supernatural involved in your plan. Listen to this. Listen to this. The right priorities plus the right plan plus God's power equals miracles. The right priorities, the right plan plus God's power equals miracles. And one of the things that Tiffany and I have always done is we have gotten God's supernatural power involved in our finances by tithing and giving offerings above our tithe. And listen to me, if you're serious today about getting committed to the Lord. If you're serious today about getting out of debt, get God involved in your finances. What I've been giving you is biblical, but it's very practical. You gotta commit to the Lord. You gotta commit to, to getting out of debt. You gotta list all you owe. You gotta sacrifice. You gotta live below your means. You, 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 you have to get, you have to have a written plan of action. And those are all practical steps, but that's not enough. You wanna do it God's way? Just being practical is not enough. You need to be practical, but what you need to do is also invite the supernatural in, in your financial life. So you want practical steps? Because supernatural all by itself is not good enough either. You need to be practical and you need the supernatural in your financial life. And that is a powerful plan for green peace. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 through 12, we've been using this as a backdrop as we talked about getting God involved in our finances. Bring all the tithes. That is literally, if you're a new believer, that's 10% of our income. And to the storehouse, that's the local church where you worship. So there will be food enough in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And that's exactly what Tiffany and I did. As we looked at our car debt, as we looked at our student loan debt, as we looked at our washer and dryer and our, and our computer debt, as we looked at all the debt that we had, we knew we had to get God involved in our finances. We've always been tithers. We've always invited God to get involved in our finances. And we've seen some supernatural stuff. I've shared this story with you. When my wife and I were first married, uh, we we, 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 we were traveling. I was a traveling speaker evangelist, and I didn't know that I was supposed to pay my taxes in quarterly. Had no idea. I was self-employed as a minister. Didn't know that. Got to the CPA. He tells me we owed about $1,000 to the government that we did not have to give. I went to lunch with a friend of mine. I didn't share the story. He had no idea what my wife and I were going through. God had moved on his heart. And my friend, when I left that lunch, had handed me a thousand dollar 
check. How many know what Tiffany and I did when we got home? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. I mean, that, listen, practical, but the supernatural power of God showed up. You say, Herbert, how in the world did you get suits? You're preaching all across the country. You didn't have any suits. God, I didn't go. I never sat down with the pastor and said, man, struggling. We're struggling. I'm trying to get out of debt, and I'm living real tight. Never, never. But God would supernaturally move on a pastor's heart. He would say, come on, Herbert, let me take you to the mall and buy you a suit. Thank you, Jesus. I only got two. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And I'm... God, the practical plus the supernatural, it gets incredible results because God knows how to take care of his own when we invite him to get involved in our finances. Verse number 11 says, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. This is how they made a living back then, crops. And God says, listen, I will provide divine protection. And I know what divine protection is in my life. I used to have this green Ford Taurus. Ask Brian. He, he's back there today. The green machine. I mean, that thing ran and ran and ran. It was divine protection. I'm telling you, that thing would go. Herb, what's wrong with that car? It, it kept running. Amen. I don't know what's wrong with it. That thing got me everywhere I wanted to go. I mean, the girl, lay hands on it, pray for it. And I, I'm not telling you it's going to work for you, but it worked for me. Amen. Divine protection. Keep that car. I don't have no more money, Lord. Keep that car running. God's I'll provide divine protection. He says your grapes will not fall from the vine before they, they are ripe. God says, listen, I know how to protect. I know how to provide. I know how to supernaturally provide. When everybody else's stuff is falling off the vine too early, the insects are eating it. I know how to provide for you in a divine way, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The practical plus the supernatural gets powerful results. I want to share with you a man in our church who got himself into serious debt. Serious debt. And I appreciate Tom willing to share his story. Because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Listen to Tom's life change story. I couldn't tolerate something like the car breaking down or a little emergency. My life was so bad that I literally, occasionally, borrowed from my MasterCard to make my visa payment. Surprisingly, I made $90,000 a year. I had all this money, but yet... I lived paycheck to paycheck. It was, it was just terrible living life that way, spending my money that way. And it made me think, how did I get there? I, I believe the lie. I believe what society tells me to do. Borrow it to get what I need now. What I need is the most important thing. Didn't matter if I could make the payments, then go ahead and sign up for it and make those payments. Only drawback to that was is I forgot to keep track of how many payments I had. So all too soon I had more payments than I had money to pay them with, even at that income level. The criticality of how bad my life was came to a head in 2002. My son was then a sophomore in college. He was looking forward to graduating. I'd promised him his whole life I'd pay for college for him. And he came home from the bank one day and said, Dad, they won't give me any more money as you as co-signer. He says, you got too much debt. So I could not live up to the lifelong promise I made my kid that I'd pay for college because I had too many toys. I had borrowed too much money for junk. Four years went by, and I did try to get better at what I was doing. I stopped spending as much money. I tried to get out of debt but I was still living paycheck to paycheck. 
and I had started attending a good Bible church. And that time I had finally heard salvation by grace instead of salvation by works. I'd learned about tithing. I found out tithing was done not to earn salvation points and credit and to get in good with God. It was done because I wanted to do something that was pleasing to God. And then I understand why tithing is so important. I'm not giving out of my money to God. God's letting me keep 90% of what he shares with us. And ever since that day, we've pledged to continually tithe. And we do. I mean, if we miss a week here, the check is doubled next week. But we tithe all year long. The other half of what Pastor Herbert quotes every Sunday. The floodgates of heaven are open. The blessings are pouring out on myself, my family, my children. Everything in my life is right because I'm doing what pleases God. Not because I have to, but because I want to to do things to please him. It's an awesome story. And Tom is has been through Financial Peace University. He actually teaches our Financial Peace University class here at the church. Here's a man earning $90,000 a year and was spending more than he made. It's not about how much you make. It's about living beneath your means. And one of the things Tom says that's so powerful is he had to learn to tithe consistently, consistently. Here's what some people say. I don't hear this often, but every once in a while somebody will say, I tried that tithing thing. I tried that getting God involved thing. Well, trying tithing is like trying to go on a diet. If you try to go on a diet for six weeks and stop and start eating Twinkies and cupcakes again, I hate to tell you something, but it's just not going to work very well. If you try to work out for four weeks, you try it and don't keep up. I'm just telling you at the end of the year, you're not going to have progress because you don't try it. You commit to it. And you've got to be committed to getting God involved in your finances. Number five is this. Number five, here's a tough one. Here's a tough one, especially November. I'm glad we timed this series perfectly because Christmas is right around the corner, and some of you plan on going shopping today with your credit card. Amen. Point number five, acquire no new debt. Acquire no new debt. Come on, just elbow your spouse. Amen. No new debt. Christmas is coming. No new debt. Proverbs 27, verse 22, verse 7. Let me remind you of this scripture. Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant, is slave to the lender. Don't become more of a slave by borrowing more money. You see, the big problem, the big problem is getting out of debt. The bigger problem is staying out of debt. That requires changing your mentality. That requires changing the way that you think. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you are in debt and you just keep getting in more debt, oh, Herbert, Christmas is coming. That's a great sermon, Pastor. Ooh, you preach good today, but I'm still going to the mall. You're digging a deeper hole. You, the hole. You're in a hole now, and you're just you're just digging deeper. And some of you, you're you're digging so deep. That's not a big enough shovel. This is your shovel, amen. Because you, I mean, you are on it. You're digging, man. You're going out to eat every day on credit. You go to Starbucks on credit. You're you're going shopping for Christmas, and you're just digging a deeper and deeper and deeper hole. And what we have decided to do as a church is we want you to stop digging a deeper hole, and we're dropping a ladder into the hole. And would you get on the ladder and get out of debt? And some of you understand you can't even get a foot on the ladder. You're so far in the hole, you just got to kind of get a hand, touch, touch it. Come on, just touch the bottom of the ladder. Just feel it, feel it. But decide that you somehow going to get on the ladder and get your way. I'm going to 
commit today. I'm going to figure out how to live beneath my means. If I got to sell some stuff, I got to do what I have to do. I'm going to live. I'm not going to chase after the, I'm not going to be consumed with materialism. I'm going to, I'm going to get a written plan. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to honor God because I understand. I understand that if I will do things God's way and if I will put these principles into my life, it will give me green peace, which will affect every area of my life. It'll affect my marriage. It'll cause it to rise. It'll affect my health. It'll affect my mind in a positive way. It'll affect my relationship with God in a positive way. Because when you don't have peace financially, and when you're upside down financially, it affects every area of your life. We're dropping the ladder in the hole. Would you get on the ladder today and get financial peace in your life. Father, thank you so much for this word.